Good morning. It is Monday, February 22nd, 7.29 a.m. I hope you all had a good week. I know I did. It was busy. It was stressful. But somehow it's over now and now it's on this week. So much happened this week. I feel like it was two weeks in one and I'm having a difficult time remembering what happened when. (laughs) I know it happened. Yeah, did my taxes, met up with a bookkeeper via Zoom on my phone. Then when she wanted to see a screen of something, I couldn't do it on my computer. It's total mercury retrograde. My computer's old. So I couldn't finish the Zoom session. It's frustrating. Ugh. And that actually bogged me down. That singular stupid event bogged me down so much. And I don't know, just technology stuff and communication was really hard last week. Um, But it just seems like nothing. And I was actually grateful by the end of the week for only having that be my big snafu, um, which, and it is minor when you say it, when you say it out loud, cause it's like, oh God, but it's such a pain in the ass. Um, but so much other shit has happened. My uncle David died two days ago in the assisted living facility where He and my Aunt Yvonne live in Vegas. He had COVID and was slowly recovering from it. He got got COVID over a month ago. And he died from a fall in the nursing home. It's not really a nursing home. It's more like... They have little apartments because they're not super old, but they still need people to do things for them. It was really sad. I found out via Facebook. It's hard to, you know, he's the husband of my Aunt Yvonne, so it's by marriage. But, I mean, he's been my uncle for... Ever. They've been married for over 50 years or almost 50 years. And it, it just, it, I can't stand technology sometimes. Seeing that on, just say, oh, my uncle's dead now. And it makes me wonder, I think, of course, he would have still been alive if it weren't for COVID. He was so weak after that. He, he had been on dialysis and because of the COVID, it messed up his kidneys and sad doesn't even begin to cover it. It's just, it's just really awful. Um, then a little bit earlier in the week, like before that. Um, my friend Daryl, who is probably one of my first really good 
friends, like when, you know, that I've had for a long time, like when you're like a young grown up. I've known him since I was 18. His father died from pneumonia due to COVID. Complications from that. Both his parents got it and they're, they're old. Like Daryl's the youngest and the dad, his dad was, uh, Peter was 91 or 92. It's just so sad. It, the isolation. And then, you know, I have all these friends in Texas their houses are getting destroyed. They don't have water and like saving snow and bathtubs and it's so I feel so lucky to be here where I am. Albert his his whole house is destroyed. Just the pipes burst. He has a huge record collection. He's a really great music collector and music lover. And it's totally destroyed. Um, And I think he's going to be okay. He has a good support system. And, you know, he's so lovable and sweet. It's just so sad. I, I wish I could go there and be there. That's the more frustrating thing too it's you can't go to see anyone to comfort them or to help them out you know I feel like I'm being smothered by the comfort of my life almost because when your friends are in pain when your family is in pain and suffering and you just can't you can't see them you know it's just it's overwhelming I I'm doing my best to to just get through each day and I, and I feel like a lot of people are in that boat you know some some things I've, I've been trying to just do something silly and unproductive which is really hard for me to to do something unproductive but I try to do something silly each day now because whatever that is dance to a song or you know watch some comedy or make a stupid caricature comic or something just like it's got to be really really dumb you know um it's it's kind of like the only thing that will help lift me out lift my spirits um I said one of the silly things that I do every day until it's done because it's almost done it's a real page turner um was i listen i've been listening to this audiobook called the housekeeper um it is pure trash but i highly recommend it you can get it free through the library or you can pony up 15 dollars for it on audible i don't know if it's worth 15 dollars, but you know if you if you liked that Isabella Hooper vehicle that she was in recently where she plays a, a psycho, it's like that level of camp. It's got that many loopholes in it, too. Um, 
it's very campy and it's about a basically it's about a a young white lady who lost her privilege and she's mad about it <laughs> that's basically what it is i don't think that the author intended for um it to be that but that's exactly what it is um i'm not giving away any spoilers because the book is i'm not done reading it and also i'm basically giving you my summary of of what is in the the written summary so basically this (laughs) this woman who's supposed to be 23 or 24 she's no longer conventionally attractive um she's living with a roommate in a small apartment um she doesn't she doesn't have a prestigious career her family used to be wealthy but a scandal ruined it all and at the heart of the scandal was a homewrecker who is now living a life of comfort and ease in a fancy, you know, Manhattan apartment. And basically, the formerly privileged girl <sighs> sneakily becomes her housekeeper to in a, in a plot to sabotage her. So I don't know if she gets, gets her wish and gets to sabotage someone. But to me, it's funny because the character, the main character of the book is so unlikable. And <laughs> they're so it's so goofy and it's so dumb and and there's so many loopholes in the book that I mean I laugh all the time out loud when I'm listening to it it's also the cherry on top is it's narrated by a woman who's probably in her mid-50s and so it doesn't sound like it's from a a young woman at all and another thing is that it's supposed to be set kind of like I guess 2019 or pre-covid and so there's all about Insta, you know, Instagram and influencers and iPhones. And it's just, you gotta, you gotta hear it. You gotta hear it to believe it. It's, it'll, it'll get you out of your slump. Um, oh God. I was talking with Rob the other day. Um, we smoked a joint on the, on his little porch area and, you know, we were talking about how other generations, you know, they had the Great Depression, World War Two, the Spanish flu. You know, everyone has their thing that they as a as a people went through. I was like, man, this is definitely our thing. But we've we're getting a lot of things at once. We're getting the the COVID and the natural disasters and the psychofascist, you know, spiral ham of a fucking, you know, dictator president. I mean, we're out of the woods now, but not really. Um, so yeah, we, we really got the mother load this time. I feel like when, when, as time goes by and history kind of smooths over the wounds and is like gearing up for the next disaster, it'll, you know, it'll be romanticized. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, years into the future. I'm saying 50 years in the future. 
things that we're going through right now will be totally romanticized by people who will have different struggles in their life but won't have the same struggles that we're going through right now. Um, it, I notice that a lot with the vintage clothing world, you know, just they're, you know, I love personally, like, for example, the clothes of the 1930s are my favorite 20th century decade of clothing. Man, that was such a rough time. You know, people could barely get by. And they wore a lot of the same clothes over and over and, you know, remade clothes from other eras. Or, you know, I've found a lot of, I guess it's called, you know, twice and thrice turned dresses, you know. So many quilts, so many of my quilts are from the 30s because you know, what else are you going to do? Um, but I've also seen people totally romanticize that era, you know, and, you know, a lot of great film came out in that era as well. Um, largely, I mean, my theory is that it was correlated to the need to es for escapism and it's kind of like creativity, out of necessity, you know, definitely the mother of invention. Um, but yeah, people were living in shacks that there was the dust bowl, you know, you have all these hillbillies coming up from the South into Michigan and the Midwest. Um, there, there was everything, you know, so it's funny, I remember over a year ago, but I'll never forget it. Um, if you want to know what vintage account it was, I'll tell you off, I'll tell you off the record. You can text me or call me or something, but, um, it was this vintage account that I don't even follow, but they, they showed up in my feed and it was a picture of a family in the Great Depression living in a fucking cave. And it was like a, can a cave shanty, you know? And the caption was, isn't this family adorable? I just love their hair. They're so cute. And I, it just made my blood boil, you know? It's like that shit's not cute. They're wearing, they're wearing feed sacks because they can't close, they can't cover their nakedness. The father is in rags. He looks like he's missing all of his teeth and that's why his mouth is closed. It pissed me off so bad I blocked them. <laughs> it, it was just, ah. but that's just one, one of the examples, you know, um, one moment. So, I mean, I think every generation has something really beautiful to give and that we can learn from. But, you know, sugarcoating the past is, is dangerous. And, and our collective memory, I think, part of it has, you know, we can only handle so much. 
Our brains can only take in so much and retain so much. I know mine has its limits for sure. Or it's, I used to know about every single, you know, whoever who played on all the Brian Eno albums. All the musicians. And I mean, it's the same. It's the same circle jerk of daisy chain of British musicians. But I don't remember... I don't remember that shit now, man. I'm thinking about other things. I've got less time on my hand. My brain made way for other information. Um, you know, just case in point. So, yeah, our memories just kind of crystallize into this amber. Um, Adam Curtis has a new documentary out can't get it out of my head or it's called can't get you out of my head I believe um it's on YouTube and if you're in the UK then I guess you can just watch it on TV but um it's good I I think that some of it is part of like his greatest hits but it's it's talk you know talks kind of like about the molding of memory and it kind of you know, it talks a lot about Maoist China. It's, it is very entertaining because of all of his film montages that he has. And, you know, it's an Adam Curtis documentary. So they're very, I think a lot of his documentaries are very similar to each other, <laughs> but, um, I like them all. Definitely. If you haven't started, if you haven't seen any of his documentaries, start with hypernormalization then watch his new ones and then see the other ones too. Watch them all. They're super long too. So um, it's a good thing. It's a good break from the Netflix and all that stuff. All the stimulus that we consume and everything is just to kind of blunt and dull the impact of everything around us it's just I do wonder if our earth will return in some way to I don't think it is I, I feel it's only a matter of time before we experience what Texas is experiencing right now in California And, you know, there's some things that you learn when you're in Texas. One, don't mess with Texas. Two, it's God's country. It's God's country because it's full of space. And you can fully breathe, you know? And it's, what's left of it is beautiful. Um, but then, also, yeah, don't mess with Texas. If you mess with Texas, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. And you're full of shit if you mess with Texas. And that is so tried and true, man. Like, 
when I first moved here, people would, you know, from Texas and, and people would say, oh, you're from Texas? You voted for George Bush. And there were all these pictures of George Bush Jr. everywhere. Like, looks like you all are pretty far up his butt because all these photos and posters you made of him. You spent money at the copiers making these posters about how much you hate him. Um, and, you know, I have noticed there's like a <clears throat> a consensus that, oh, if you're from a, a southern state or if, especially if you're from Texas, then, you know, they vacillate between romanticizing it like, oh, it's, you know, oh, you're so cool to... Um, denigrating it and and being like wow you must be really fucking stupid because you're from texas <laughs> okay it's like you know those crocs you're wearing have holes in them and you're going to get rain in your feet but whatever i'm the dumb one um but yeah it's you know or writing it off as you know just like populated by meathead simpletons no it's not it's not like that at all there's just as many liberals there as here in california but we have more space you know and there's so many fascists and so many right-wingers in california we just keep you know us liberals just keep ourselves isolated in our little in our little handshaking clubs and our little bubbles bubbles of quote you know wokeness but when you break it down it's really just a bunch of white people <laughs> with their significators you know to indicate like i'm this i'm that neither side's doing anything really for the problem and Thank goodness for, you know, GoFundMe and crowdsourcing and mutual aid. Those are great. But you know what? Sometimes it's so, because of the circumstances, it's so frustrating not to be able to go out and physically do something to help. You know what I mean? Anyway... I really hope something gets better. As in, you know, something's got to give. I'm really hoping that the vaccines really do help. Sometimes I get scared that people will contract contract something like akin to polio, you know, which is a side effect of the um, of vaccine, some vaccines. <sighs> Yeah. Growing up in a anti-vaxxing household, um, you know, they make you really scared of getting vaccinated and, you know, you're taking the mark of the beast and now the government will track you and they'll know who you are. They can come into your home and find out if you're reading the Bible and cut your head off with a guillotine. I know that word, I pronounced it the way my parents pronounced it. Um, 
so you know don't get you know don't get vaccinated it's it's a bunch of hogwash and definitely anti-science um so yeah sign me up for that vaccination um everything's just so much different than i thought it would be it's almost like the start of this year is harder for me personally than than the pandemic learning about the pandemic because i was still in my you know happy-go-lucky-ish relatively like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year pandemic it's scary and yes you know i just thought it would be over sooner i thought it would happen on a larger scale sooner you know what i mean and i there my fear was different my fear has changed into something more more detailed and more because i have more information and i and i was scared last year but this is this is different this is different this is facing it and in some levels of acceptance and just oh man weird intense loneliness and then when i when i find out about you know my uncle and about texas and what's happening with other people i feel like i'm in a raft like a like a, an inflatable raft to be clear and i'm just on the very still water by myself and i just escaped something really horrible and i'm lonely and i may never see anyone again and sometimes i've I question the worth of of my safety, you know, as I am in this raft and there's nowhere for me to go, but I'm safe. So I have got to get to work. I've got a ton of shipping. I've got to put away my laundry from yesterday. It's all folded and it's in the IKEA bag. I'm gonna add up some numbers for the bookkeeper. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.